we're comfortable being early and first, just as we have done in the music industry. You know, we, we aren't afraid to take risks and we've kind of created our own niche in the music business. And we look for companies that are, are willing to take the risks to do the same thing. Welcome to Consensus Distributed from Coindesk, where you'll find live recorded talks and discussions from Coindesk events and more. Today's talk was recorded live at Coindesk Distributed on May 11th, 2020. This episode is sponsored by ErisX, the Stellar Development Foundation, and Grayscale Digital Large Cap Fund. In this session, the Grammy Award-winning duo behind the Chainsmokers discuss why they think blockchain technologies will go mainstream and why they're going deep with the technology with ticketing startup Yellowheart and venture fund Mantis. Still Mark's Elise Colleen leads the conversation with the Chainsmokers' Alex Paul and Drew Taggart and Mantis's Milan Koch. The group then participates in an Ask Me Anything session hosted by Coindesk's Pete Paschal. Hello, welcome back to Consensus Distributed 2020. I'm Elise Colleen, managing partner of Stillmark, the Bitcoin-focused venture fund. And I'm here with the partners of Mantis Venture Capital, Milan Koch with Alex Paul and Drew Taggart of the Chainsmokers. The Mantis team combines an expertise in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin with a history and a depth and breadth of experience in consumer tech and consumer product investments. The half of the team that is the Chainsmokers, Alex and Drew, are the highest paid DJs in the world and in the past year have held a residency, a weekly residency in Las Vegas, completed a 42 arena tour, wrote and released their own music, played dozens of music festivals, and incubated a consumer blockchain tech company. Now in 2020, this hardworking group has come together to focus on the launch of Mantis VC. Drew, what is Mantis and what catalyzed the launch of this new fund? Hey everybody out there! I am I'm Drew. I'm half of the Chainsmokers. Um, I'm in my studio, uh, hence the neon lights. Um, my whole house isn't like this. Don't worry. Um, so we've uh, been enjoying enjoying some downtime, and we're very excited to uh, to be here to talk to you guys about Mantis. Um, Mantis is an early stage fund that invests in consumer tech, meter entertainment, uh, and fintech fintech blockchain. Um, we're looking to bridge those loosely connected sectors and create synergies within our portfolio. Uh, Alex and I have uh, started Chainsmokers about eight years ago. Um, and within about a few years, investment was something that we were always very interested in, in pursuing. Um, and we were uh, lucky enough to have the opportunity to, to get opportunities to, to invest into a lot of uh, early stage companies about three years into our career. So that's been about five years that we've been uh, doing startup investing. Um, and uh, our intro into blockchain actually came from a company that we started called Yellowheart. Um, about two years ago, we started a company called Yellowheart, which uh, we set out to address the scalping problem uh, in the music industry, which is probably the music industry's number one issue. Scalping is a $4 billion uh, industry um, that rips off the promoter, the artist, and the fan. And uh, we, when we learned about blockchain, we saw that there was an opportunity to uh, integrate blockchain into a ticketing platform to increase transparency and uh, just create a, a, a platform where um, the three parties I just mentioned have control over the ticket and where it goes. Um, and we hope that that platform will eliminate scalping. So um, I'll let Alex talk a little bit more about why we're here. Sure. Hey guys, I'm Alex, uh, the other half. Um, so for those who don't know, we started uh, Chainsmokers about you know eight and a half years ago, like Drew mentioned. 
Um, you know, we weren't, we didn't have the money to invest in things at the time, but as gradually as we, you know, found more success in the music business, um, we began investing. We've probably invested in 20 plus companies now, um, at this point in time, uh, not including real estate opportunities. Um, but we've always been very interested in, uh, in the disruption of businesses. Um, for us, the music business being the first thing we did, um, people generally released albums in a cycle and we were the first artists to release singles nonstop throughout the year. Didn't matter, there was no on or off cycle, um, which really changed the music business for, for good. And you'll see nowadays, pretty much every artist followed us in that lead. Um, so that's been a huge, huge thing for us. And then as far as, you know, the companies that we enjoy investing in, uh, you know, for us, we, we really want to be a value add for those companies. So, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more as time goes on, but that was a, that was a big, um, big important role for us as we became investors and working with different companies. Milan, can you tell us a bit about your cryptocurrency and blockchain focus and what your investment mandate will be with Mantis? Yeah, totally. Um, so, hey, everyone, my name is Milan. I'm in my backyard right now because uh, we're quarantining and uh, so it's home office for everyone here. Um, so in the context of our crypto and blockchain pieces, we believe that <clears throat> the, the space is really mature at this point and that we have an incredible opportunity to drive ma mass adoption. So if you look at Bitcoin, for instance, um, from an infrastructure standpoint, Bitcoin is absolutely ready to be able to be mass adopted. I think one of the issues right, that we're facing right now is from an application standpoint, we're not quite there yet, right? Um, so we're really excited about opportunities that uh, we can leverage to actually like drive this massive, the mass adoption segment. And um, on the application layer side, because it's still, still so early, there's a huge opportunity for us to find companies that we can invest in. Um, and we want to, as Drew said earlier, we want to drive the portfolio synergies by investing in two loosely connected sectors. Great. And can you tell us a bit about what stage of company you'll be investing in, Milan? Yeah, totally. So we're looking to invest uh, seed in Series A. So we're looking at early stage companies. Um, our sweet spot in terms of check size ranges from two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand um, dollars. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to leverage our network and value add for our future portfolio companies. Wonderful. It's great to have new firms forming in the space. This year, Bitcoin has turned 11 years old. And from a market perspective, year to date, Bitcoin is up approximately 24%. And the broader cryptocurrency market in aggregate, including Bitcoin, is up about 27%. In the chaos of the pandemic recession, Bitcoin is beating the stock market, gold, corporate bonds, commodities, real estate, but yet it's still down more than 50% from its all-time high in 2017. Now, from an infrastructure tech perspective, the value offered by blockchain technology has never been stronger. For instance, in the Bitcoin ecosystem, we've seen the maturation of higher layer infrastructure like Lightning Network and the Liquid Network. Milan, can you talk a bit about why today, amidst the chaos of the recession and given where the technology itself is, now is the time for Mantis to be investing in the blockchain ecosystem? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so we think that, um as I said earlier, from an infrastructure standpoint, we're not quite there yet uh, in terms of mass adoption. So right now, as we see the Bitcoin ecosystem maturing, um, we believe that there will be applications and use cases that we can leverage in other industries. <clears throat> so if you look at Yellowheart, for instance, uh, what Alex and Drew had explained earlier, there's a huge opportunity to leverage blockchain for 
the use case of uh, reducing the or reducing scalping or solving the scalping issue. So um, from an infrastructure standpoint, you see that we have a great infrastructure, for instance, Bitcoin, that uh, is able to be used. Um, if you look at Lightning Network, for instance, it's uh, there's numerous applications that are using Lightning Network right now. I think from an application layer standpoint, you have a huge UX UI issue, and we are very early in the ecosystem to build applications that can be used in a very broad sense. If you think about it from a consumer standpoint, right? Like the consumer actually doesn't really want to be in touch with the technology. The consumer cares about an application that really changes their everyday life. So if I'm an Uber user or if I'm an Instagram user, I don't really care what database it's built on, but I care about the features. And I think right now is a very interesting time because we have this uh, great technology and we have the opportunity to leverage that technology with an application layer that essentially creates companies like the ones that I just mentioned. And what is also really exciting for us is <clears throat> the, the pace of the innovation in the Bitcoin and blockchain ecosystem has never been greater. So if you look at this middle culture, um, crypto founders are so resilient, they don't really care about market cycles going up or down. They just build and ship products. And those are founders that we want to invest in. We want to invest, we invest in founders particularly because we are so super early stage. We really care about um, the team because the team can, the product can pivot, the team cannot. Um, so from an from a founder standpoint, we really believe that uh, founders that have been in this ecosystem for a long time, that have been going through down and up, up and down cycles, are very resilient, and um, we would like to work with them. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Historically, you've each focused on consumer tech and consumer product investments. In your first investments at Mantis, you've backed a Bitcoin consumer company, Kaza, and a consumer fintech company. Drew, can you tell us a bit about how you identify the markets you want to invest in and then determine which companies are best positioned to dominate in those markets? Totally. Uh, we are comfortable investing in fledging markets that we identify as very likely to mature into massive markets. Um, even before most investors uh, maybe be deploying capital into the field, um, we're comfortable being early and first, um, just as we have done in the music industry. You know, we, we aren't afraid to take risks. We have uh, kind of ignored uh, the traditional uh, way to release albums, the way to put up, pr like put on and promote tours, and we've kind of created our own niche in the music business. And we look for companies that are are willing to take the risks to do the same thing. Um, like Milan mentioned, we are also looking for companies that are integrating frontier uh, integrating frontier technology into their platforms, but they don't. Sh that's never on the user uh, experience, part of the user experience. Um, there are so many amazing frontier technologies that are really making our lives better and more efficient. Um, and we believe that is the future. Um, but we really uh, appreciate the, the companies that hide the tech from, from the user and they just realize that they're getting a, a better service, not necessarily needing to understand how, how the tech works. Right. That makes sense. You want to make sure that the consumer comes first. And I imagine that there's parallels there between how startups approach their consumer base and how the chain smokers might approach their audience. In the history of the chain smokers, it seems that you've really consistently understood and almost predicted what your audience has wanted um, and that allowed you to grow an audience of tens of millions. I know that you also have a close relationship with your audience, and I'm wondering if there's any lessons that blockchain founders, entrepreneurs in the audience today can take away from what you've built with the chain smokers. Sure. Um, I think the one 
lesson that's resonated with us as artists that I see so many parallels in uh, the startup culture um, is authenticity. Uh, we have, and I say that from, from, you know, an artist that's always trying to be authentically themselves and uh, that has done that better at some times than others. And, um, you know, that's one thing that we realize our biggest moments of success is have, have been when we are acting fully authentically and we're making things that are built off of uh, our personal experiences. The, the, our biggest songs are the ones that we have, have written from the truest place um, and our, our best um, uh, productions and our best tours have always been when it's just like when we've been so in tune with, with you know, who we were as artists. And, and it's, it's hard to stay that way always. And I, I will say that we haven't um, always gotten that right. But we have learned that our, our biggest moments of success have been when we are purely our authentic selves. Uh, and I think that the, the parallel with, with startups um, is, I mean, for example, um, not to reference our, our company Yellowheart again, but you know we work in the in the the live space. The, the majority of our income is touring income, and scalping is our number one problem there. And we saw an opportunity to integrate uh, a technology, blockchain technology, to to create a platform that we just think is better. Uh, we know is better. That will that gives the control back to the promoter and the artist um, uh, to, to create a, a ticketing system that doesn't take advantage of, of our fans. Um, and so we look for other companies that uh, their philosophy is the same. People that are very knowledgeable uh, in their industries, they work in their industry, <clears throat> identified a problem um, that, that they want to fix for themselves just as they want, as much as they want to fix it for the world. Um, we invested in Casa and, uh, the Casa team is one of the best teams in the field. Jameson Lobb, who's Casa CTO is one of the industry's leading voices on security and privacy topics. And he's been building Bitcoin security products for the last five years, which is half of Bitcoin's lifetime. Um, he's well known for his guides on Bitcoin and personal security and Casa relies on his security experience when building new features and products. Um, He's a founder uh, with a special insight on the field and he's authentic and transparent in his work. So we look for people like this, that they're from, this is, this is their life. This is what they do. And they created uh, their companies based off of their experience. Um, so yeah, I'd say that those are, those are the parallels we see between, you know, our musical brand and the startups we invest in. Great. Thank you for that. Alex, quick question for you. Given the current conditions, you first started investing as Mantis Venture Capital after coronavirus had had global impact and the recession had started. How did that affect what you were investing in and the trends that are in focus for you now? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I think it, it would be foolish to say that we all haven't been seriously affected in one way or another by this you know, pandemic that's happening right now. But I think any smart investor sees the opportunity in times like this. Um, obviously, in 2008, when the crash happened, all sorts of amazing companies came from, from a new need um, from the consumer, whether that was Airbnb or companies like Uber or obviously Bitcoin in this case, um, which I think presents a really unique opportunity right now to target investments um, and companies that, that play to those strengths. Um, obviously, Casa is a great example of that. I think with the banks lending trillions of dollars, and, you know, there's uncertainty about what your money will be worth tomorrow. And obviously the benefit of Bitcoin is you own your money and it's, and it's yours. But then you've got to think about the security and how do you protect that, that asset that you own is yours now. 
So companies like Casa are there to, you know, kind of solve that problem through their technology, which is, you know, created to be consumer friendly and and super safe and secure, as Drew mentioned before. Um, We're looking at mortgage refinancing companies, obviously, right now with the interest rates and refinancing that's going on, we think that's going to be a really interesting era. Uh, area, sorry. And we're also looking at other consumer trends to let me grow in this work from home environment. So I think if you're an investor right now, you know, it's a scary time. But uh, if you can identify those trends that you think are going to continue to grow, um, it can be can be a really successful, important period for your company. Great, that makes sense. Drew, now that we know a little bit more about what Mantis is looking for from founders, can you share what founders can expect from Mantis? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, how I want people to, to, to view not just us, but our fund is, you know, both LPs and, and companies that other founders that we, we want to invest in. Um, I want them to view us as founders as well. Um, you know, you may know chain smokers as a a musical act or just DJs or, or whatever that might be. But, you know, Alex, myself and our manager started this project eight years ago um, where we were DJing for $400 on a Wednesday night around Thursday nights around like New York city. And no one cared that we were there or whatever. We were just kind of the background music. Um, and we've built that over the last eight years into a, a company, um, that makes hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Um, so I want people to understand that, that, that this is more than just a musical project and what we, what we have done, we are founders ourselves and we've built, we've gone through so many ups and downs. We've overcome so many obstacles. We all figured this out from scratch. Um, similar to every one of you out there that has started your own company, you had an idea um, and, and you believed in it and you know, you just figured it out. We've been through that um, in, in an extreme way. And so I want people to really um, feel comfortable that you know, when we invest in them, that we understand that experience. Milan, where does Mantis go from here in 2020? What should we expect to see from you? Well, um, we are going to make investments. Um, as, <clears throat> as Alex has said earlier, we believe that there is an opportunity right now, especially with the, uh, with the down, down, economic downturn. Um, the macro t- trends that we have seen are obviously not very favorable for founders, but they also um, breed a crowd of founders that are very resilient and uh, have the ability to essentially change the world for the better. And I think in times like this, especially, um, there are people see problems and people want to solve these problems. So we are active, we are open for business, and um, we're looking to engage with founders um, that are building cool stuff and uh, products that people would want to use. Um, from a trends perspective, I think, uh, you know, from a consumer standpoint, obviously there's a lot of things happening right now. Um, but as we're speaking at consensus, I think in the, in the blockchain context, I think uh, there's a very interesting opportunity around digital rights management. There's a lot of opportunity in micropayments, tipping, for instance, content creators, um, the intersection of gaming and blockchain, um, technology that we can leverage in emerging markets, I think is super hot. Um, and yeah, and we are, we're looking at deals and we are doing deals and we are, that's, that's the funnest part of our job is connecting with founders. So really excited to continue doing that. Guys, thank you so much. What a fun conversation. I know there's a lot more to talk about. The audience will be able to ask you questions directly. Support for this podcast and this message come from ErisX. With ErisX, you can trade spot and regulated futures on cryptocurrencies through a licensed U.S.-based exchange. 
ErisX believes in fair access for all. Sign up today to take advantage of zero fees and learn more at erisx.com slash consensus. This episode is also sponsored by the Stellar Foundation. The Stellar Network connects your business to the global financial infrastructure. Whether you're looking to power a payment application or issue digital assets like stablecoins or digital dollars, Stellar is easy to learn and fast to implement. Start your journey today at stellar.org slash coindesk. Our final sponsor is Grayscale Digital Large Cap Fund. In times like these, diversification is key. Consider Grayscale Digital Large Cap Fund, ticker symbol GDLC. It's the only publicly traded investment product that offers diversified exposure to large cap digital currencies, all from your brokerage account. For more information, visit grayscale.co slash coindesk. That's G-R-A-Y scale dot C-O slash coindesk. Welcome to our uh, Ask Them Anything here at uh, Consensus Distributor on Coindesk. I'm Pete Paschal, Executive Editor uh, of Coindesk, and I am here today talking the chain smokers. Uh, that's Alex pa- Paul, 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 sorry, sorry, Alex, <laughs> Drew Taggart, as well as Milan Koch, Managing Partner uh, at Mantis, uh, and uh, I think it was Elise here as well. She was supposed to be. Uh, no, Elise won't be in this one. She won't be in this one? Okay, cool. Uh, how are you guys doing? We're doing well. Stranded at home, but it could be worse. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so I know you're just hot off your session um, talking a bit about Yellowheart. Uh, I'm here to take questions from our from our online audience and, and relay them to our uh, fabulous guests here. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, watching and you have a question, please drop it in the Q and A umbrella. That's the um, that's like the middle tab on the video embed, I believe. Uh, but like I said, my guest just finished talking uh, about Yellowheart. Uh, on the Coindesk TV channel, you know, Yellowheart uh, is a blockchain ticket sales platform that, among other things, aims to cut scalpers out of the experience. Um, so I imagine you're probably going to want to ask about that, but maybe not because, hey, just ask them anything. <laughs> uh, so I'd start. I'd uh, thought I'd start by kicking off with with kind of an easy one. Is is the service still on uh, track for a Q2 2020 launch, which I think was which was what it was announced. For the yellow heart, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, right now it's kind of dependent on some live shows coming back. That's not to say that this technology can't be used for all sorts of different events, whether they're virtual or not. But I think our plan was to start beta testing in smaller venues, which we had done prior to the to the you know pandemic. Um, so right now we're just continuing to develop the technology to make it better, as we already had a number of ideas of how to improve it. Um, over the course of uh, the last couple of months. So we're just taking that time to, to do that. And then, you know, we're excited to get back out there and, and, and get it going. So it's kind of spread awareness and c- continue the perfecting the, the platform. Nice. Uh, I'll cut to the audience questions in a bit. We've already got a few, but uh, I'm curious, what were some of the new ideas you had? How did the beta testing go? How have you iterated so far? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with the user experience at, at shows. You know, that could be buying merch from your seats, which we thought was a really interesting idea. Um, also, the secondary market aspect of selling your ticket through Yellowheart was something that we were interested in doing. Originally, it was the blockchain was created to always keep you know track record of the, the, the ticket and make sure that the money is distributed to the fan, to the artist, and to the promoter in whatever way we saw fit. But then we were also like, let's create a secondary market um, platform within Yellowheart that you can actually sell your ticket on. So we've been working on that. Um, and those are just a few of the things. I mean, it, it goes beyond the, we can, you know, the artist backstage could send a video to everyone who's bought a ticket on their phones at will, telling them the show's starting. 
Um, there's lots of cool things. I mean, this platform, ticketing hasn't been updated since 1987, which is what Ticketmaster was, was created on. So you can imagine the, uh, the uh, advances we we're making right now. Nice. Um, what do you think mass adoption looks like for this platform and, and sort of what has to happen to get there? Yeah, I think it's going to start with, uh, it's going to happen, uh, blockchain being integrated in the ticketing industry. And, and it has to start by us being able to ticket smaller shows and prove that this um, platform can work. Um, we can't say who it is, but we have a major uh, power in the ticketing industry that is an investor in, in Yellow Heart. And, you know, what we need to start doing is running tickets and showing people that this is a better experience. And, you know, the interest has been has been palpable and and you know, people are very excited about this. It's once you see this platform, it's very obvious that this is a better model to buy tickets on. Um, but, you know, this is getting our next steps are, are running small shows and working out all the kinks and then, you know, getting people and then just getting more shows and, and artists down with the platform and, and, and start running tickets on it. Yeah, I think just to add to that quickly, I think one thing that's funny is that and this was the same thing for us as you know, we become more intelligent when it comes to blockchain is that you think that you're like, you're not gonna have to buy tickets with Bitcoin, although you can, you know, this is like a user friendly device that is running on a network that is incredibly powerful. And that's all you need to know. And everything else is just seamless, how you would do it normally. Right. So like in, in the, the AMA or the, the panel that we were just on, you know, the main focus was our, our, our fund uh, Mantis, which focuses uh, consumer tech, media and entertainment, fintech, and blockchain uh, companies that are integrating blockchain to, to make the, their industries better and, and disrupt them. Um, but I mean, I mean, Yellow Heart is just is one of the examples, you know, that, that, is, that kind of led us to that, that thesis. Cool. Question for the audience. Um, kind of leads, your know, comments lead naturally right into it. Do you think the best way towards crypto mass adoption is to have people use it without actually knowing it? I think, uh, well, actually, Milan, you want to speak a little bit about that? And then I'll, I'll give you my opinions about how we see it uh, assimilating into companies like Yellow Heart and whatnot. Yeah, totally. So um, I think, you know, from, an, from a mass adoption standpoint, if you look at, um, I gave that example on the talk earlier, but if you look at Instagram, for instance, or Uber uh, or Airbnb, any, any revolutionary uh, new apps or services, no one really cares about the underlying technology, right? Like everyone just cares about, well, this is something that, you know, significantly improves my life or enables me to do something that I wasn't able to do before. Uh, no one really asks what database it's running on. No one asks about the tech stack. And I think right now we are, um, from a blockchain standpoint, we are just at a phase where the infrastructure is ready for mass adoption. And now we got to build, you know, the application layer and we got to ship products that, you know, we have, where we can utilize this technology to bring it to millions and millions of people, right? Um, and I think, I think now is the time where we have these opportunities and we are starting to see some of these. And if you look at a um, few of our past investments uh, and companies that Drew and Alex have worked with, no one really needs to care about the tech too much. And we can literally just use it and it's seamless. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's being adopted. And that's how I see the adoption is going to go. Right. Like with Yellow Heart, we don't lead with this is a blockchain ticketing company. We lead with this is a ticketing platform that is just better. It works better. It's better for the artist, the promoter um, and the fan, especially. Um, for example, I mean, our, you know, our tickets, uh, our chain smokers tickets will be sold for $100 and our true fans won't get them until they've been marked up in the secondary ticketing market to about $300. And that $200 difference goes to uh 
it goes to a scalper. It doesn't go to anyone who's putting on the show, either the artist or the promoter. And it's a, it's a re- way jacked up price for the fans. So, you know, blockchain, um, as I'm assuming most people that are on this understand how it works, um, you know, adds transparency, lets us control the ticket, lets us, if it's going to be resold, how many times it can re- be resold. If, the, if it is resold for more money, where, where does that money go? Is there a fee that goes to the promoter or to the artist or to charity or to, you know, where it also gives us all this data of like which fans are coming to our shows. There's like a plethora of information um, and benefits to, to using blockchain. Um, that's a, that's a lot platform. of stuff. A lot of features. It's great. What do you think is the killer app? Like, what's the thing that's going to make this thing? Like people are like, Oh, I get it. You know what well, I mean? Is it, is it like the maximum resale well, price? Well, all of that stuff is, is kind of back end stuff. You know, it's all, it's the stuff that we don't, it's that's for the people who are, are using the technology on the back end to the promoter to know about, but the, the, the person who's going to buy a ticket, they don't like Alex was saying oh, earlier, they're like, why well, I don't, I don't own any cryptocurrency. So I, it's blockchain. So I can't use this. You know, we are really focusing on at Mantis and, and finding companies that are taking this frontier technology, integrating it in a way that no one has any idea that it runs on blockchain. It just does. And that's why it runs better. But for the compute consumer experience, uh, you know, they don't know the difference other than, holy shit, this works better. Nice. Question from the audience. What's your vision on selling shares of ownership on new tracks as a way to fundraise to create new music? Ooh, interesting. Um, I mean, you know, it's not something that I've seen traditionally done, but I think it's it's a really interesting idea to kind of look to your fans for help. Um, I feel like now in the pandemic, funny enough, you kind of see that in different ways with like artists putting on concerts um, you know, from their homes and asking for fans to donate money to kind of continue being an artist. Um, I think, you know, any musician, artist would agree that having the freedom to do what you want and carry out your vision is the most important thing. And I feel like, you know, having fans support that would be kind of amazing and, and especially to see them partake in potentially the success of your brand. Um, and I feel like only a platform, you know, a engine like blockchain to kind of achieve that goal by, you know, organizing the chaos that is the music business royalties and sound scan and, you know, and events. Um, so that I think that's, you know, a really interesting prospect. And, uh, you know, you look at things like SoundCloud, which revolutionized the music industry and, and for us as artists. Um, so you can't take things like that with a grain of salt because, you know, it, it could be one of those game changing features. Right. Just to add to that, too. I mean, we're a big fit, fan of tipping culture and companies that are integrating tipping culture. I mean, we're starting to see it happen all the time in more mainstream platforms. But that's another thing that we're looking out for people that understand that that may be the future of payment instead of relying on royalties. It might be, can I make something that people believe in enough and they can pay me whatever they want to pay me to support me? I think that, you know, everyone's starting to see that that is a big uh, potential uh, form of revenue in the future. So we're really looking for companies at Mantis that, that integrate that. So another question, smart contracts for the music industry. Do you think it will be adopted by Spotify and other streaming platforms or there will have to, or will there be an alternative to them? I think he's talking sort of both about yellow heart and the idea more broadly. Um, I think that, you know, it's tough. The music business as a whole is very, very old guard, old school. Um, you know, I think if you looked at Spotify, you know, six years ago, five years ago, what they were doing was like 
anyone that, you know, the, the labels were trying to fight that, you know what I mean? They were not a fan of what Spotify was doing to the music business, but in turn, Spotify create has created an incredible amount of streaming and, and a lot more revenue for the music biz- business year on year, you know, the music business was going down. And since then it's been on a steady uh, incline. So I think that with music rights and uh, blockchain, I think, you know, it's a scary thought for a lot of people, but it's just, it, you can't fight the future. <laughs> and a lot of the times these, these solutions to that, you know, lead to a lot more clarity, a lot more revenue and potentially a lot more, you know, interest from artists to participate as musicians because, you know, the starving artist is, is a, you know, old adage. <laughs> you can't fight the future. Are you an X-Files fan? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, there have been a lot of, of music and blockchain startups. Uh, you know, there was obviously a lot with the whole, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, some have come and gone. Um, but what, what do you think sets yours apart? Uh, you know, obviously not, you're not the first, uh, first company to try something like this. To be honest, um, it's our network uh, and our tech. Um, I don't want to get too, too much into our tech, um, but I mean, we are able to... Uh, process tickets and transactions way quicker than most platform well any other platform that's ever been created in this space um we also you know we have like i said when you asked how are we how is this going to be adopted and how is this going to become a big thing um i told you that it was ticketing being having access to being able to do small events i mean one we're a musical act ourselves all our friends are musical acts um, everyone knows this is a problem. Um, we're connected uh, very deeply to, to other artists as well as, uh, you know, the companies that have the ability to make this happen. Um, so yeah, it's about, it's about, we have superior tech and, and, and we have the network to make it happen. And, and that's not going to say like, it's going to be a, a absolute battle. Um, we're trying to change a, 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 uh, we're trying to fix an error that's, that's been in the music business for decades um, it's going to take a long time, um, and we're going to have to do a lot of convincing on the artist side, the fan, the the, the promoter side, um, and uh, and the fan side to get them to start uh, getting to realize that this should be the new normal of the way that they purchase tickets. Nice. What types of Bitcoin blockchain companies are you looking to work with and invest in? Um, yeah, totally. Um, so I think uh, we we did say that on the panel earlier. Um, but uh, we want to invest in companies. Uh, first of all, from a founders from a founders standpoint, we want to look at someone. We want to invest in someone that is building a problem that they have um, identified themselves and that solves solves a problem that they are facing all the time. So we don't want to invest in founders that are just there for the money. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and then from a uh, from a from a subsector perspective, I think tipping is huge, uh, as Drew said earlier. I think micropayments, uh, I, it's, that's already happening, right? We see it with Bitcoin Lightning. I think that's great. Um, if you look at uh, other subsectors that tie in the consumer, I think that's very important for us because we want to, generally speaking, we invest in companies where we can add significant value, right? So like what Drew has explained, what they, what, how, how they're approaching adoption with Yellowheart, we want to be able as a fund to leverage our network that we have collectively for our companies that we invest in. Um, so it's a really broad mandate, um, but I think especially in the Bitcoin and blockchain space, uh, I think right now we're looking at an application layer uh, and we're looking at companies that are solving UX, UI issues that are currently existing. Uh, just one, probably time for one more question. I'll throw it out there. So um, talk about scalpers. I feel like scalpers have probably been 
a part of event ticketing since like the Coliseum and gladiators were fighting. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's always been there. I mean, uh, it's hard to picture a world where they're fully eliminated. Uh, and I, I know that even if the tech does work, it'd be a long way out. I mean, but are you, have you thought about sort of the whole sort of scalper industrial complex that exists today kind of, uh, and uh, yeah. what their response will be if, if yellow heart does take off. Yeah. I mean, start, they've done it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've done a great job. I mean, you got to credit, give them credit where credit's due. Like, no matter how, what kind of systems were put in place to prevent scalping from happening, they've always found a way, especially recently, it feels like more than ever, um, with, you know, huge issues with U2 concerts, with Black Keys, um, you know, like methods were put in place to literally prevent just the scalpers and somehow they found a way. And, you know, and this isn't to say that the secondary ticket market won't exist, but what it will, what we, we want to add, add transparency to it and I think that's the key word here um, you know if your ticket is you know purchased by someone who plans on just reselling it we can set the artist can set the limit for what that value is so it's just giving control to the people that should have control and you know I'm sure they won't be a fan of that to some degree but it's not eliminating their industry it's just adding transparency between the parties involved Right. Like there's, there's now, once a ticket goes on the blockchain, I mean, you can watch the history of where that ticket's been. You can control how many times it's resold. You can control if it's resold for this much value. You can direct which a portion of the proceeds go to, if it goes to the artist, it goes back to the promoter, if it goes to charity, that's a whole nother layer of, of, of ways that like tickets will be sold and resold. Um, so, so I feel like that's the first thing to really focus on the, uh, uh, the benefits that the yellow hearts yellow heart adds, which is, which is control. Um, there's way more control than w- what exists in the current, current like ticketing processes. But like, like you said, I mean, scalpers also sell out shows, which promoters like. So we had to come up with a, a solution that benefited the promoter as well, you know, to show them that like, this is better for you. This is better for your venues. It's going to give you uh, customer information that you do not have now. Um, and it's going to give you control of what happens in the resale market, which you do not have now. So we were, we were very conscious of the fact that, you know, we need to create a, a, a service that would benefit them, not just, you know, make it <laughs> try to eliminate something that does technically help them sell out shows. So that's where our head's at. We'll have to leave it there. Well, thanks guys for uh, swinging by our virtual show and tell us all about what you're up to. You've been listening to Crypto Talks from Coindesk. For new short daily episodes, you can subscribe with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. This session featured Alex Paul, Drew Taggart, Milan Koch, Elise Colleen, and Pete Paschal. It was recorded live during Consensus Distributed 2020.